my name is Raphael Moyden. I am a husband and a father, uh, and I am an innovator. Uh, I've been in a number of industries. Um, I tend to be someone who connects individuals that have purpose and passion with people uh, outside of their network who have the same. Um, I was able to connect to the Class Stars organization through uh, Clubhouse, which is a has been a phenomenal way for people to connect on an emotional level um, in a time when realistically we've all been separated at a distance. Um, Zoom has become huge. Um, we are now having teachers teach in remote classrooms. Uh, people are learning from their homes. They're um, they're doing business. All of these things are happening in in a, in a digital ecosystem. And one of the beauties of, of all of this is we're all starting to realize how to connect with each other um, on a level where our interactions matter, not only because of the fact that we can see each other and speak with each other, um, but we have to be able to recognize when you know, there really is kind of passion in what someone's speaking about. And when I, when I met you, Moshe, I was uh, just, I was astonished at the amount of time and energy and effort that you put in to, um, to building this community. And as someone who has a young child, uh, my daughter is two, she's not in school yet even, but I realized that um, between the pandemic and blockchain technology and reskilling, upskilling, credentialing, uh, the changes in some of the higher ed methodology, some of the pedagogy that's changing, I realized that school is gonna look very different um, than it did 30 years ago when I was there. And so for me, I'd like to be a part of that change. And I saw uh, what you guys were doing here in terms of a model that was able to speak to what a student is doing well, right? Rather than identifying when somebody is misbehaving. And as, as a dad of a toddler, I can tell you, it's much easier to catch somebody misbehaving and to, to identify that and, and, and try to rectify behavior as opposed to trying to um, lift some of those better behaviors to the top. And that is part of the reason why I'm here, because I believe in, in, in this, this program. Uh, I believe in the way in which we interact with students. It's important to be able to speak to um, kindness and care and show people that they matter, because there's a lot of times where a lot of kids, and I was one of them, I was, a, I was an ADHD kid who struggled. And if I wasn't entertained, uh, I was staring out the window and people had to call me out. And I think if I would have been recognized for the times when I was engaged, um, things might have been a little bit differently for me. So I'm, I'm just looking forward to, to try to add value as many, uh, as many places with you as I can. The big question is, how do teachers like us, who are being pulled in so many directions, with so many demands and so much to do, how do we make sure that we not only get through our lesson as planned, but also make sure that every child is noticed every day, and that each one gets the attention they need to succeed? That is the question. And the Class Stars podcast is here to give you the answer. Here is your host, Moshe Freed. It's a great honor and privilege to be joined today by Raphael Moyden, who has become a good friend of mine over the last several months. Uh, you know, it started, it started on Clubhouse, as, as you mentioned earlier started on Clubhouse, but then we actually had the opportunity to spend a couple of days together at an education conference in Las Vegas. And there we decided to take this to a new level and to create this partnership where we're working together to spread this vision, this mission, like you so well articulated of uh, focusing on the positive, helping kids be seen for the right reasons, not only the wrong reasons. And it has been great having you on the team, and we've been working on this for a while, a real, real treat. 
to have you on the podcast as well. Welcome. Thank you. So let's, you know, you gave a great introduction and in your, in your background of why you're into education, but, you know, most of the people that I bring onto the podcast here are, have much more conventional roles in education. You know, they're either teachers or they were teachers or some administrator in, in school. They're, they're, they're from a much more conventional, traditional school background. You know, it's funny when I very often introduce myself you know, in education, they ask me, what's my background in education? I tell them, well, I went to school <laughs> when I was a kid. So that's, you know, that's really where it started. And, and that's really where it starts for most of us, but that for some reason doesn't count, right? So in that sense, we're the same. We both have the same traditional background. Right. We both went to school as kids, right. you know, which, which by the way, should not be taken for granted because there yeah. are a lot of kids that are not so lucky to, to have gone to school and, yeah. you know, and nevertheless, we're all invested in education. Yep. So, so let's, you know, enough about me. Let's talk a little bit about you. Tell us more about your background. You do a lot of interesting things. You're involved in a lot of different organizations. So talk a little bit about that and, and kind of how it led you to this, you know, point where you are today and obviously the relationship that you have with Class Stars now. Of course. Um, and thank you very much. I, I appreciate that. I, I am a proud uh, alumnus of the U.S. education system, um, and I and I and I really appreciate that you mentioned that we don't take that lightly. I was um, I have a, a a number of friends whose families have come here uh, as refugees. Uh, I have family who still lives overseas. I um, my grandparents uh, were immigrants, and I have uh, a real appreciation for the opportunity that I'm afforded here. Uh, I talk a lot about my daughter, and um, having traveled, my mom was a flight attendant. Um, for 45 years. So I've been all over the world and I've seen some incredible things, some incredible countries. And I recognize that there are things that are consistent across the board. And that's the desire of parents to see their children educated. And that can be everything from learning to read or write in some of these countries where education is just the basics, right? That we take for granted first, second, third, fourth, fifth grade, K through five, right? That a lot of people you know, there's, there's a billion people on the planet that may not have access to that in a, in a standard form. Um, what I realized is through the power of the internet and the power of blockchain technology, which is allowing us to, to provide systems that were much more expensive previously um, to people on a larger scale, I realized that I didn't have to maybe feel guilty for the fact that my daughter, the things that she takes for granted, like a safe home and not wondering where her next meal is going to come from. And knowing that at least through the end of high school, uh, education is guaranteed for her, right? I, I know that she'll learn to read, write, and do arithmetic. Um, but what I was seeing is that there's too many people who have been left out of that system. And I think uh, you, you said it best, you know, we don't have a standard education background. I am not a teacher, um, but I will say I teach. Um, I am not an educator. Um, but I'm constantly seeking education. I think if you can speak or walk or talk, you care about education because somewhere someone took time to teach you how to do something. And that is something that we have really lost that sense of community as a whole. Um, and I think maybe in America, we're uh, a little bit, I don't wanna say ignorant because most people are aware of it, but we don't recognize that for the last 50 years or so here, a lot of people have been concerned about um, what I can do and the accolades that I can receive and the way in which I can grow my own 
brand or, or my own value or what I can bring to the table. And I think it's starting to switch. Um, some of that paradigm is shifting away from um, the people who are succeeding. They maybe don't need as much help before. And I think of that from a student's perspective, right? The kid who is excelling in math definitely doesn't need as much time from the teacher as some of the kids who feel like they may be a little bit left behind or don't understand. And I'm seeing teachers um, recognize that, um, but they're not, there's a lot asked of teachers. And I think as a parent, um, as an investor, as an innovator, as somebody who connects people with each other, I feel like it's my responsibility to, to find people who have projects like class stars. And that says, hey, how do we take something off the plate of the teacher, right? That's very important, the interaction that I have with the students. And rather than putting the onus on you and your memory, right? I, I have post-it notes and I carry a notebook with me and I have probably every note taking issue in my phone, Evernote and to do, and I have my outlook and my, all, all of the things, right? And I can barely as an adult, keep all of that stuff straight. And I only imagine what a teacher goes through with 10, 20 students in a room and having to remember how many of the interactions they had uh, with Jerome or with um, Tiffany or with Miguel and trying to remember which student you got to. What I love about your technology is, um, I should say our technology is that it helps to rely on machines that don't allow for human error. If I can track the interaction that I have with the student and I can look at the end of the day, how well I did, it's not based on my behavior. It helps me be aware so that tomorrow I can improve on the interaction that I've had with some of the students because no student will be forgotten. And not only will they not be forgotten, but the whole goal is to recognize when they're doing well. Because if I can put praise behind even the slightest correction, the student realizes that I'm not telling you you're doing something wrong, but I'm recognizing every time that you're doing something well, that what that can do for a child's psyche, their self-esteem, you know, we, we have a cult of self-esteem in this country since the seventies. It's about making sure that everybody feels okay. I think if we recognize when kids are doing hard things, when they're succeeding, we can build that resilience that, that may have been sort of honed out of some of us because a lot of the kids are being recognized for everything, right? There is hardship and there, life is rough and it is not fair. But if we can, as teachers, as parents, as community members, if we can recognize the individuals and always identify as many times as we can when they're doing well, the students will realize, you know what? It feels a whole lot better to get an accolade than it is to get some sort of correction or feel like whatever I'm doing makes me not enough or I'm not acting the same way as someone else. I think it helps the student really identify who they are and find their strengths. Amazing, amazing. So, so here's what I'll ask you. First of all, actually, before I ask you anything, you know, of what I was planning on asking you beforehand, right, you had mentioned about blockchain. Yep. And I'm gonna give you an opportunity to be an educator right now for me because I hear a lot about blockchain and, and you know that I hear a lot about it. Yep. And I'm sure a lot of people hear about it and know nothing about it. I might know a little bit about it, but I consider myself to know nothing about it. So, and I know you've just been to a blockchain conference, yep. so I know you're well-versed. So <laughs> share with us, what is blockchain and why is this so revolutionary? So one of the things that I explain to people is over the past, let's call it thousand years, there's been central authorities who have really been the, the, the keepers of the keys for trust, you know, um, 
the, the church was uh, in, in any form, whether it's the church or the, the mosque or um, the temple, they have been where a lot of the education has happened. And so they were able to help inform people and, and, and dole out some of, the, some of the learning because not everybody was able to spend the amount of time required to learn to read and write and to go into the deep understanding. Banks is another one in terms of kind of holding the keys of making sure that transactions that are happening are, are, are verified, are, are realistic. And you know, I know that I can trust you because the bank says that what you have is real and what we're trading is an asset that I can change provenance with you. What blockchain does is it allows for that trust, which used to be very expensive, right? There need to be lawyers involved. There needs to be other individuals. And anytime you got over what would be the Dunbar number of about 150 in a community, you could no longer barter because the value was hard to find in exchange. What we can do now is we can actually make that trust level one-to-one -one because we can trust the systems by building it into the program. Right? By, by having everyone share and participate in the global community so that all of the transactions are verified so that everything that's happened in the past is immutable and we can recognize that it happened and any change that happens in the future, if anybody tries to change it, whether it's a nefarious uh, bad actor as they're called, that will be verified and realized and everybody else in the network will say, hey, that's not, that's not gonna work because we can prove with immutability that it, it's unchanged. And so, what we can do is we can allow people to, to retain ownership of their data, right? You can look at a Facebook, for example. Um, in the current um, web 2.0 model, Facebook is allowed to provide us a free service by monetizing our data, our participation, the things we view, how we're feeling, what we're sharing, who we're friends with. In the future, blockchain is going to allow us to be able to monetize that of our own. So when Facebook makes $1,000 a month off of your browsing history and the things that you do, that money doesn't necessarily need to go to Facebook. Within a smart contract, that money can actually go to you. You can be a participant in that. In the sense of education, we can actually allow people in smaller countries, right? Um, or in third world countries where parents are making the decision between, is my child a additional contributor to making money so that our family can eat and live? we can allow them to participate in their local economy in a way that makes it so that their kids can afford to go to school rather than needing to go to work. And by allowing people to participate in this system where we can recognize that you've done a class, let's say you live in a country where you have access to a smartphone, right? You can learn and have that credential and own that. So if you go to try to work somewhere else before you have to say, you don't have any paperwork, it's hard to verify, um, PhD students are famous for complaining about this. It's hard for them to work overseas because they need to verify it in the U.S. In this case, they'll be able to verify it instantly because the school will have a sign on their credential. There are so many different industries where we give up so much control to a central authority because there was a lot of infrastructure required to make sure that everything that was happening was, was on the up and up. Now, by allowing everybody to participate and be a stakeholder in the system, we can now innovate so that everyone can play on the same level. And I don't have to trust you because I know that the infrastructure is now protecting it so that both you and I have to be men of our word because there's no way for us to come in and have something that's only self-serving because the rest of the network would say, hey, that's not the agreement or the terms of whatever we've done. And so that's why blockchain is so powerful because it allows people to have ownership of all of their interactions, all of their digital life. 
So let's let's break this down a little bit more because you said a lot of things that that I do understand and a lot of things that I don't understand. No problem. So let's talk about that example that you gave that right now Facebook makes money off of my browsing Facebook because they know what I'm interested in. They know the products that I'm most likely to buy and they can sell advertising. They can they can go to someone who's selling something that I'm likely to buy and say, listen, we've got a customer here for you. You pay us big money. We'll, we'll show your product to this customer, right? So that, that, that I understand. I understand how Facebook is a very valuable company because they have access to people, you know, at Google in, in their way that they do it. They have access, you know, the digital, the access that these big, you know, social media technology companies have is, you know, never before seen because you right. could take out an ad and, you know, the most popular newspaper in America, most of the people that are seeing it are not even potential customers. Right. But you needed, but you needed to go through them to get to your customer. Right. Now with, you know, with Google, with Facebook, you don't need to show your ad. You don't even need to pay. You only pay if they click. Yes. So you're eliminating a lot of the noise, right? So, so that's what makes Facebook valuable. Mm -hmm. Now with blockchain, how do I get, now why would Facebook create an infrastructure Right, they're they're ultimately they the ones that the highway, right? They, they wouldn't, the highway. huh? They wouldn't create the infrastructure. They're they're trying to operate in this system because they know that it's going to cut into their market share. Um, right, and one of the reasons they do that is because um, right now you provide all of this information freely to Google and freely to Facebook because it enables you to be able to participate in the global market. What we can do going forward is because we can own our digital property rights, uh, I can own access to my medical records. So if I have a doctor that I saw when I lived in Chicago, they still have access to my medical records that I released to them a number of years ago. I can actually go back and, and close the permissions on that data because I own the data that's in that block, whether it's a personal blockchain or if it's on some sort of a, a permission blockchain, you can, you can provide permissions or no permissions. And what that'll do is that allows me to be able to say, okay, what information do I want to share and at what level? And businesses are going to have to ask for that um, in the future because you're going to be able to protect that behind a public key and a private key. So that wall of secrecy that when you need to access in the same way that if I want to make a payment to you, um, there's PayPal who I can send my credit card information to so that I trust that they're going to guard and they're spending the money to maintain that privacy. When we do it in a blockchain setting, I don't even have to change that information with you directly. Yours would ping and say, is this a verified credit card? My credit card information would be verified against your, um, against your request. And it would say, yes, this is, a, this is a, a transaction. And then all of it would happen instantly in, in the same way that on Amazon, I trust that when I click buy now, it'll be here in a day. That is going to be able to happen in a way where people can work online and across borders and transactions that used to take a couple of days because they would go through banking. Think of sending money overseas. If you have family overseas, that had to be done through Western Union or through you know, a JP Morgan because they have the infrastructure to do that. Now that the infrastructure is not wholly owned by these larger corporations and the infrastructure is broken into smaller pieces and each person that is a part of the network is part of that infrastructure, right? They're providing computing power. They're providing their, their access, they're providing the, the data that's valuable to that, that marketplace is then a, a personal connection between you and I, rather than us going through an intermediary 
as Facebook, as Amazon, as JP Morgan, we don't have to go through those third parties because all of that trust and protection, that security that we used to pay a lot for, trust used to be very expensive. Blockchain makes trust affordable again. Okay, and then and that leads to my next question: is how does that how does blockchain make trust affordable? So one of the things that I tell most people, and and I've heard this said a couple of times, is in terms of the internet, right? Most people are not familiar with TCP IP or .NET. They're familiar with the graphical user interface, the GUIs of your Gmail, right? They don't know how that email goes from here to space back down to your computer, okay? Not something that you need to know how to do. In the same way that behind the walls in your house, you don't understand how it's wired, where, where the conduit is, what the plumbing is, unless there's a problem. In this case, most people are not going to be impacted by blockchain at a level where they'll notice. What they'll do is a lot of the things that they're used to now, that they used to pay, whether it was in their attention or access to their data, so that somebody else could provide all of that infrastructure, a lot of that infrastructure now is going to be available to other people because we can now um, let each individual person say, I only need to work with you on this level. I don't need Facebook to know that there was a, I read something the other day that Amazon actually knows um, before you or your significant other, whether or not you're pregnant um, based on your browsing history and the different things and all of the, the connected data, they actually know with pretty good certainty before you as the, the person who's carrying or your partner as the other person before you find out. Uh, and that is a kind of an odd thing to say that but when we do this, we leave these digital footprints, these digital breadcrumbs all over. Um, as we work in a regular, you know, interpersonal world and we work in the metaverse or our online digital life, um, all of that is going to be easier to do because some of those complicated computer programs, programs um, that were, were cryptographical issues, a couple of smart people who are way smarter than me have been able to figure out a way to let computers trust one another so that all of that can be done rather than having to ask someone else, oh, hey, is the title for this property free and clear? All of that, that title will now be digitally native to the internet. And so rather than having to call a title company to verify if the title is real, I just ping a program and it happens in three hundredths of a second. And so that's why most people are not gonna be familiar with blockchain. Most people say, oh, you mean Bitcoin? And I said, well, yeah, that's a good use case. But cryptocurrency is one of only 40 different, you know, types of tokens. There's utility tokens, there's privacy tokens. There are people working on, in the same way as we used to be able to, to share uh, an email if you were connected to wire to wire from computer, now we can do it in a safe way to share it through uh, wireless communication. That was figured out by somebody saying, hey, I've got an idea of a way that we can package this, that it protects it. They've gone through and they've made those, those protections a whole lot more functional because there's a larger number of participants and each of those participants makes sure that that continues to stay verified because the growth and the adoption rate is larger and larger and larger. So more people are participating in this network and they're saying that, hey, by participating in this, that trust is more valuable than it was before. I hear you. I hear you. It's, it's, a, it's a complicated uh, Very much so. sub subject. And I, and I think that, you know, obviously we could spend a long time. Oh, right. Yeah, that's a, that could be a whole other podcast. Yeah, we can do we can do a whole separate episode just uh, on 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 blockchain. Yeah, all that stuff. So so let's get back let's get back to education. Mm -hmm. um, 
you know, when we talk about growing up, going through school, you know, and very often when I speak to teachers, I'll ask them like what brought them into education. And it's usually someone in education that just touched them in a very deep way and excited them about education and they wanted to give that back. You're, you're coming with a similar story, although you're not a teacher, but you've gone through the system and you, you understand the value and the importance of the system. So what I would ask, what I would ask you about, and, and you kind of touched on it earlier, but if you want to elaborate on it a little bit more, you know, when we met and we started talking about class stars, I remember, you know, in, in, at the conference in Las Vegas, you were very moved. You were really, really moved. Um, speak to that and, and what made you want to uh, join up with us and, and help us carry this further. So the reason why I think what we have at Class Stars is so revolutionary is two reasons, right? It recognizes the strain that's put on teachers that adds to their plate that's not necessarily teaching, right? It's, it's tracking data points. And that data point is what type of positive interaction have you had with a child? Because we all know that when a child acts out, there's only a few reasons, right? And there's a much better response if we can catch them early and we can identify some of the things that show up as a pattern. And the things that are the best at recognizing patterns are machines, right? Data shows patterns. There is so much power in being able to have that information as a teacher to be able to say, hey, when I'm having a conversation with an administrator or a parent, and they're asking me, well, I don't understand, insert whatever parent concern is here or insert whatever administrator concern there is, that, that teacher can say with 100% certainty, here's the data, here's what's going on. And when you can look at that in the way that blockchain says, this data is true and we can prove it because everybody's participated, on the Class Stars app, we know that this data is true because the teacher who is the one in the room making the interactions is all they're doing is with one swipe, they're marking those interactions so that when they need to go back and look and verify something, that data is there and we know that it's true. It's got a timestamp, it's got a date. When I'm an administrator and I have a couple of hundred kids to look at, my assumption is as a, as a business person, right, we're always looking at data. We're always taking in as many points of data as possible to help make the most informed decision. If I'm an administrator and my teachers can tell me, hey, this is the type of interactions that I'm having in my classroom. And then I can look at a classroom where teachers are really succeeding, where the students are thriving. They're, they're, they're feeling joy, they're feeling recognition, they're feeling like they are enough. Right? They're not always acting out because they need help or need attention. They're getting the type of positive interaction that makes them excited to be there. It makes them excited to be in a place where they recognize when they've done something hard and they've learned something. You know, my daughter's two, so she's learning how to walk and talk and say things. And when she can say a word really clear and I'm like, whoa, airplane, two syllables, awesome. I can see the glimmer in her eye when she realized that she just learned. When you can take a teacher and you can say, hey, don't worry about tracking how you've interacted with students. We will handle that for you. All you gotta do is if you look down at your dashboard and you say, hey, you know what? I, I missed one of the kids this morning. This afternoon gives me an opportunity to try to find an opportunity to, to interact with them on a level that says, I see you, I hear you, and you're doing a good job. When I was a student, if I had more teachers that on average, when they were talking to me, they were telling me that I can do 
whatever it is, I think that I would have had a lot more passion for the times when I was struggling because I would have had someone to be there to call out when I did a good job. And when you're a kid, there's nothing better when someone is proud of you. And let's face it, not all kids go home to hear someone say that they're proud of them, right? But the place that legally they're obligated to go to in the US until a certain age is school. And so that should be a safe space where they can hear that praise, where they can receive those accolades, where they can be recognized in a way that maybe they're not at home. And the kids who are recognized at home, great. Because what I can do is I can see, hey, some of these kids are really helpful and they do really well and they understand. I can have those kids participate with me as the teacher. Wow, so uh, just to wrap things up, Raphael, because I know we can talk for a long time and, and, and we do spend a lot of time talking. We do, Clubhouse is where we do most of that. Yes, yes, and, and also on the phone. You know, yeah, yeah, that's true. That too. But just to wrap things up for the podcast, share with us what your vision is uh, for the future of Class Stars, both in the short term and in the long term. Okay. Um, yeah. So that's actually really exciting. Um, I like thinking about the future. I'm always one of those people who, you know, I'm guilty of saying, you know, today is a pretty good day because it's the only one we got, right? So tomorrow we'll try again. And I like Class Stars. Um, just purely because of the fact that what it does is it tries to make sure that we recognize people, um, we recognize students for the things that they're doing well, right? When we're younger, we're trying to figure out who we are, what, what makes us tick, what, what are the things that encourage us, what are the things that make us feel discouraged? And I like the fact that Class Stars has always had the focus on how do we encourage children? How do we recognize when they're doing well? Because, you know, it's hard as a kid. Uh, sometimes you get these, these mixed signals. Um, sometimes you're not sure, you, you know, if you're getting it, how to ask for, for help, how to show that you need the extra attention. And, you know, when we're kids, we know that if we act up, right, we'll get attention. Um, we're, we're hoping that it'll come in the right way, but we're kind of giving the wrong, um, the, the wrong fuel to the interaction that we need. And so for me, uh, what I'm really excited about is just building a community. Um, you know, we've spent um, uh, quite a bit of time, you and I back and forth, on thinking about the last decade for you of, of building everything out and building a community of people who are users um, of this technology, but it's because it empowers them to be able to be great at what they do, recognizing kids, encouraging good behavior, teaching them. And I'm just excited to see that community grow, whether it's through ambassadors, which is our ambassador program. Uh, I can't wait until we're able to release that. But uh, um, as, we, as we continue to build and we have people come on and that says, hey, let's recognize children, let's raise them up because that's what I'm, that's what I'm excited. That's awesome. Raphael, a pleasure to have you on the podcast and looking forward to uh, building a great community together. Thanks. I'm excited. Thank you so much for tuning into the Class Stars podcast. To learn more about our vision for education, subscribe to us, visit our website, take our free training, sign up for the newsletter, and follow us on social media. Join the revolution in education and become a Class Stars today, empowering educators one episode at a time.